Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, I see you in a different setting. I see a flat screen behind your head. So I'm assuming you're back in the Times office, which I know you've stopped in there once or twice, but when was the last time you actually worked in there? Worked there? Um, March of 2020, probably. <laughs> so just a couple days. I could. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I know each of us, we've, we've been in there throughout the pandemic, you know, just stopping, grabbing equipment, maybe working for 20, 30 minutes. But I know you said your internet was out today and we just kind of started a return to the office thing voluntarily this last week. Um, so I see you back there. So it must feel kind of at least somewhat cool to, to be back in the building finally. Yeah, no, I mean, got a couple of coworkers here. So that was kind of fun just walking in and seeing humans, you know, in person which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's a little quiet right now, but I think hopefully in the next few weeks um, people can start getting back here and we can kind of have a summer filled with a full newsroom once again, you know, yeah, no, we're both excited for that. Yeah. I had birds chirping out my window before we started. So, um, you know, comparable, but it's, uh, it was really, I don't know. It's kind of gone back and forth between looking really nice and really cloudy today. So luckily we, neither of us have events to cover tonight. So we don't really have to worry about the weather too much. Um, we'll see going into tomorrow if the weather kind of plays a fact. We haven't, it's not been since the first couple of weeks of the year, we've actually had some cancellations due to weather. We've been pretty lucky the last three or four weeks. So knock on wood, you know? Yeah, no kidding. But we have, uh, Besides that, we have a lot to get to as usual. We're going to hit all the high school sports and touch on a couple college things at the end, kind of like tradition. Um, there's, been, there's a lot of good games this last week. As usual, we're starting to kind of see a little bit clearer section picture. Um, section tennis already starts up next week, so we'll talk a little bit about that in the second part of the show. Um, and a lot of good baseball games, too. And you were at a really good one last Thursday for Sartell, who also has been on a tear and got some big wins this week. We'll um, touch on it in a few minutes. But first, can you tell me a little bit about that game last Thursday that you were you and Dave were at, it kind of went down to the wire, it seemed. Yeah, I mean, Sartell and Mamiji, um, both of them came into the came into the game undefeated in section play. So you kind of knew that this was going to be maybe their, you know, the winner, the winner would get the number one seed from the section if they continued to win throughout the season. And so that kind of was already on the minds of many, many players. Also, Sartell kind of had a little bit of some um, want to win because they they lost two straight games to Brainerd on Tuesday night and they I mean talking to Jack Greenland after the game he basically said that they that was a horrible horrible two games and they don't usually play like that and so they definitely wanted to get back onto the winning streak again and and get back into the rhythm of things especially with how busy of a week was going to be coming up um, with Mamiji and then Wilmer and then you know the rest of the season so um, yeah, so it was a very good game overall. Sartell basically was couldn't get a hit off of the Mobility pitcher for about five innings. And then finally in the sixth inning, they were able to capitalize on some some errors and some different things like that. Uh Kalen, Kalen Lewis was able to get on base first, and then that kind of allowed um different players to get on base. Finally, Tyler, Tyler Phillips Helmish, he he hit a bunt. Sacrifice bunt to get people on second and third with one out. And then Charlie Kent came up and was able to, um, or actually Tyler Phillips Hamish was able to bunt, actually got on base because of an error. And then Austin Hendricks was able to move 
um, Kalen and Tyler over into scoring position for Charlie. So Charlie came up to the bat and was able to rip a really nice um, double in the middle of uh, the left center gap area and was able to score both of those runs to make it two to one. And then another error allowed them, allowed Sartell to score another run to get it to three to one. And that's basically all they needed. Um, Tyler Phillips Hemish was amazing on the mound, only gave up five hits, zero runs, two walks and struck out five through six and a one and one third. And then Jack Greenland came in and probably had one of the easiest outings of his life um, through two pitches and got two outs. So can't really ask for anything better than that. Um, and I think it was also a nice confidence boost after, cause he pitched on Tuesday and kind of got, got a little bit beat up by Brainerd. And so I'm sure it was nice to kind of get him on the mound and get him back in the groove of things, especially with Wilmer coming up on Monday, but overall a, a really, really good game for Sartell that kind of helped with locking in that number one seed. Obviously that's not set in stone because we still have another week and a half of act, set, um, regular season play, but it's looking like Sartell will probably get that number one seed um, for section eight, triple a. Yeah. And it was really big too. Um, like you said, kind of building some of that confidence heading into Monday where they got their two biggest wins of the year, five to four over Wilmer in eight innings and a six, nothing game. Um, in game two for Sartell and that one Steven Brinkerhoff he hit the walk-off double to win game one and then he was also two for three with three RBIs and a home run in game two Charlie Kent also with um, that you were just talking about he also had a home run in game two as well so um, those were huge those were Wilmer's first two losses of the year also a top five ranked team by the time they played Bemidji they were still you know ranked in the top five but you know they've dropped a bit since I think they Bemidji had six six losses in just a couple week time so um, they've fallen off, but Wilmer was still rated right kind of the top of the heap of those class 3A teams, beating them twice now um, in the conference standings. Um, they're both 14 and 2 overall, and Sartell's 12 and 2, Wilmer 10 and 2, and also holding um, a tiebreaker advantage, too. So, um, you know, that that's huge for them, too. And it kind of shows that, you know, those those Brainerd losses were kind of fluky, probably, I'd say. Like you said, they just didn't they didn't play up to what they've shown the rest of the year. Um, but they seem to have learned from it pretty well to be able to respond like that. And I think the big thing with Sartell is they have pitching um, and they also have the bats. Obviously they have the bats because you can see that they've been scoring almost double digits in every game almost. Um, and on Monday they were facing two pretty much D one caliber pitchers from Wilmer. I mean, they, one of them is definitely going D one um, going to North Dakota state university, but the other one, I mean, he's, getting looked at by some really nice colleges. So you're not competing against, you know, someone that is, is kind of throwing meatballs in, into the plate. You know, you're throwing, they're throwing pretty, pretty good heat for, um, for the, for those two games and being able to get those two wins was huge for Sartell, not only because, you know, they take over the conference section or they take over the conference standings, but they also can show that they know how to play against, some top quality teams in a short amount of time because Mimiji was Thursday. They played a doubleheader against Wilmer on Monday. They just played, I believe tech yesterday and won that game as well. And it's all because of the fact that they have pitching and the pitching can go deep. Um, they had Tyler Phil Phelps Hemish pitch on Thursday, had a really good outing against Mimiji. Then they had um, Tyler gentle from um, on the second game against Wilmer, he pitched in a, a complete game shutout. And then last night, 
um, Sartell, Troy, Troy Lund was able to pitch five innings and only gave up a run. So, but like those types of guys, you don't really see on the mound a whole lot. Troy, as well as um, Jaden, he was pitching in the first game um, in the doubleheader on Monday. Those types of guys you don't see on the mound a whole lot. Usually it's been Chase or Tyler or the other Tyler. And so just being able to know that you have that amount of depth, that's the type of stuff that you're going to need when it comes to section play. And it's great to see early on that that that's happening for them. Yeah. And, you know, only a six team section. Um, Sartell currently the number one team in that section. Number two ranked QRF out of all class three, A teams at 14 and two, uh, Bemidji in second Detroit lakes in third, um, who's also 14 and two, but Sartell beat them um, 10 run them earlier in the year too. And then you get down to teams like Ricori, who's been on a, a little bit of a hotter streak lately, Alexandria and little falls. So, um, a really, a really, you know, kind of across the board, pretty strong section. I know with all the double elimination, everything we like to see only six teams, it makes it a little easier to figure out where they're all going to be. Sections won't be, you know, 30 games total. It'll be a little uh, smaller for them. I think, I think the smallest section, at least in class three, possibly the, the whole state doesn't get much smaller than six teams, but um, sh- should be really good to see kind of how that one goes. And Albany too, a team that we've talked about on here a lot this year too, that's been having a lot of success. They continued that last night, too, in a doubleheader um, at, I believe it was, was it two different sites, too, or did they play at the same field? Yes, they beat um, Malacca 13 to nothing. I don't, I don't even need to go through all the hitters on that. It's going to take too long. Um, really good game there. And then they beat Cathedral 5-1, to one too, which is always a good game in the Granite Ridge there. So um, they continue to roll as well. Um, you know, lost to Foley like you saw earlier in the year. You've seen them play a couple times, but they continue just to – seem to get that good pitching mixed with the bats. Like you kind of talked about that Sartell has um, Albany seems to be kind of on that same track. Yeah. And, and with that Foley loss, uh, Foley's kind of taken off since then they are undefeated still. I think they have, they've won 17 games this season. They basically have claimed the number one spot almost. Um, now the main part is, is who's going to get the number two seed in section six, double a between Royalton and, and Albany right now, Albany has the number two spot, but, Royalton only has two more games left. I think Albany has maybe four or five games left. So Albany just needs to be able to win these, these big games at the end of the regular season to get that number two spot. But the one that kind of is surprising to me is Cathedral because Cathedral has been playing really good against Albany. They, I think they lost four to one in the first game. Now they just lost five to one, but they've been competing against some really good teams throughout the season. They have a really good matchup against Piers on Friday, which I think I'm going to be going to um, possibly with Dave. And that will be a good matchup because Piers, I believe is just above cathedral in section six, double a. And so that'll be a good one to see who gets that, you know, maybe five, six, even four, maybe Um, all of those are kind of all within reach for cathedral. If they play their cards right and are able to, to get some nice wins against these opponents for the regular season. So Definitely something to look at as you get closer, but that section six double A is going to be the most chaotic bracket in the entire world because I was looking at it and without teams, it was still confusing to see. So I'm sure it'll be even more confusing once you add teams to it, but um, because with baseball and softball, they do double eliminations. And so it'll be very interesting to see how it all kind of unfolds. But I think, I think it'll be a lot of fun to see Albany and cathedral up in that top five, maybe six with the seeds um, for section six double A. Yeah. 18 teams in the section. So 
we'll keep our we'll keep ourselves busy figuring out where teams stack out right now cathedral um slotted in at the eighth seed in the qrf rankings and peers in the fifth spot right now but so still a little bit of climbing to do for them cathedral only two and six in the section but seven and seven overall so um like you said a couple games to still you know kind of make some noise set yourself up a little better for that section tournament um and yeah albany right now 14 and two overall um with a loss to foley and little falls and albany's also be playing at foley tuesday um so that's one to keep an eye out for too brian are there any other um, things on the baseball side, any other teams or performances this last week you just want to highlight before we move on to some of the other sports? The only other team that I was kind of looking at was Sock Rapids. They have they kind of made a little bit of a jump early in the season to kind of get on top of that section section standings for Section 5 AAA. And I think they're third or fourth right now in the section. And so they have lost a couple of games here recently. They lost to Recorded 9-1 to yesterday on Tuesday. They also lost to Monticello four to two on Monday, but I think they're a team that, you know, once they can get on a, if they get on a hot streak, it, I mean, they beat sock, they beat tech nine to two on Thursday last week. So they can get on that winning streak. And if they do, they could potentially be hosting a, a first round game in um, sections five triple A. So that's something to kind of look at because I know sock rapids definitely would like to host a, a section game and, you know, Tech and Apollo kind of are, with how slow of a start they had in the season, they're probably going to be heading out somewhere, um, just being one of the more bottom tier seeds for that section. But Sock Rapids could definitely get a home home game to start off the season or to start off the section tournament, and that would be pretty huge for the Storm. Yeah, right now they're sitting at the five spot in that section, 5-3-A, um, Tech 6, Apollo 7-2. In the Storm, they're 3-1. and one. Um, again, section opponents, four and eight overall. So they haven't got a chance to play, especially a lot of the teams above them um, in the section. So, uh, you know, not too many games left coming up here as we kind of wind down the regular season. Um, they do um, have one or I think one or two. They played Becker as well on um, Friday, who I believe is right above them in the standings right now. So, um, yeah, they're the four spots. So that's going to be big for seeding. And like you said, seeing if they can secure um, that home field in their first game. But Great. And then um, should we move on to track now, Brian? Yeah, I think I think um, seems like there's quite a bit of some results, some newer results. If you haven't checked out SC Times yet, definitely check it out because Zach just put out another um, weekly honor roll update for track and field, um, just being able to show some of the best times from the area. Um, I know conference is coming up here soon, and it sounds like maybe quite a few teams that we cover competing against each other possibly, which would obviously be very nice for us in our coverage. Um, but maybe just kind of tell the, tell the listeners a little bit about what track and field is looking like right now, heading into kind of the, the wire time. Yeah. we a big thing last Thursday where I was, was at Apollo. Um, they had uh, tech and two other schools from the central lakes all there. That was the first time they've had four teams at a central lakes meet this year. They've only been doing two. So um, that was really big for them just to kind of see that step up in competition, a lot more people competing against, um, usually raises performances, kind of raises the bar for people and they, they do have better times and marks and distances and such. So, um, we got to see a lot of that, a, a big one from that meet was, um, Arassi Ancino from Apollo. He jumped over 20 feet in the long jump. That was easily his personal best this year. Um, kind of puts him on the radar for, uh, at sections being kind of, you know, a competitor in that event too. They also have a lot of good sprinters, 
um, for Apollo and that four by one team is, um, you know, kind of right there at being probably someone that could um, compete in a section final. So um, got to see them. Another thing, one of the re- main reasons I went to that meet was um, to write about Noel Hackenmuller from Apollo too. Um, she's, you know, she's, if there was such thing as a heptathlete at the um, high school level, she'd be it. She's done basically every event you can think of this year. Um, heptathlons where you do seven different events. I think she's done five of, you know, that's only for college and the pros and such, but um, she's done about five of those events this year. She's really good in the hurdles, the jumps, sprints. Um, so it was cool to just catch up with her and talk about how she's kind of gotten better, improved her form at those events um, and just how she enjoys doing so many different events because, you know, there's a lot of people that do three, four different events, but I think she's done like seven different ones um, this year. And she, that's the only hard part about that is you got to pick which three or four, four sections that you want to try to qualify for state. And um, right now it seems like the, the jumps and then also the 300 hurdles are kind of where I would expect her to be able to qualify for state for sure. Um, she's, she had a 47, nine, five, and a 300 hurdle. She finished second, but I think it was their second fastest time in school history I saw. Um, so that was big for her. And then in the long jump and triple jump, she's already been kind of where, and just looking back past state meets, that's kind of where her marks have been. So, um, those are all really big. It was good. It was good to see her perform again too. Um, and then also yesterday, um, on Tuesday, a lot of teams competed. Albany was at a meet, Cathedral was at a meet, and then Apollo kind of had a pre, um, I guess it was technically a, a true team section meet, kind of pre-meet. Um, you know, normally they'd have, you know, 15, 20 teams at those and, kind of go all day type of thing. Instead, they're doing it kind of virtually this year where you just put in your times at those meet. You compare across the state. They're not having like an actual in-person true team state meet just because even with the COVID guidelines getting, you know, more lenient, um, that's still just not something that can happen this year. Hopefully uh, going into next year, that can be something that's back. But um, we also had some good times kind of across the board there too. Um, Olivia Gable won the mile again. She also set the school record in the mile uh, previously. So um that was a, that was a big one on the list last year too, uh, last week too. Um, bunch of relays drop times. Um, and so there's just, and David Boyd too, from Apollo, he put in, um, his fastest time in the hundred too, which is, uh, 11, four, seven. And then he won the 200 in 22, eight, one, which is the fastest in the area so far too. So, um, we're seeing a lot of good individual performances, um, especially Apollo has a couple of people that I would expect to be able to qualify for state. Albany does too. Um, and kind of all the other area schools too. I just haven't got to see them in the last week or two, um, or they haven't been competing in as many meets as some of those schools. So um, interested to see kind of the next couple of days, we have a couple more meets coming and uh, kind of see where it all, all falls on the, on the scale. But I think the, the big dates kind of coming up is I believe, I can't remember if it's June 1st or June 2nd, but that first week in June, we have Albany has um, the first round of sections. They're hosting that um, in class A. And then also we're going to have conference. Like we said, it looks like all of our local teams from the central lakes are going to be competing on that Wednesday. So, um, and after that, we'll have sections following weeks. And then it looks like state's not going to be at Hamlin this year. It's going to be at St. Michael Albertville. I think Um, you had retweeted on Twitter. I saw from you. So um, it's going to look a bit different this year, but all things considered, we're starting to see four or five teams compete at the same time. It's it's starting to kind of feel like normal, which is nice. Yeah. And I mean, knowing St. Michael Albertville, I was there for state, wrestling this past winter and so i mean they have a beautiful facility they definitely know how to host that's for sure so um i'm i'm guessing it'll be just as nice as what the wrestling tournament was like as well so 
definitely not worried about, about that because they did a really nice job the last time, but uh, definitely will be a little diff- different because I'm used to going to Hamlin and sitting in that little, you know, crowded area up on top of the Hamlin <laughs> University box or whatever. Um, but this year I'm sure it'll be just as nice as well. So should be kind of fun to go see what they can do. But, um, but yeah, and, and like Zach said, a very nice, a very nice feature story that came out on Saturday or on Sunday with Noel. Um, she really fun story to read and kind of a funny intro um, to say the least in the sense that like, like Zach was saying, she basically does everything for Apollo. So um, being, it's a fun read. If you have a chance to get on there and, and read it, make sure to also subscribe to the St. Cloud times. Um, we, we have quite a bit of some offers coming up here in the summertime and it's a great opportunity to, to start reading more because we'll be having plenty of content as section starts rolling up here next week and the following week. And then we have States coming up after that. So plenty of stuff going on for sports coverage. And then you can always follow us. Like we've always said before, you can follow Zach at, at SC times Zach, um, as well as at Brian Mosey. You can also check out at, at SC times for all of your content needs. Um, just look for the verified blue check mark. I was about to say we're both verified now, so it should be easier <laughs> to find. Hopefully, we're more legit. Um, but but yes, no, it's it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to to see what happens. And I'm I haven't really covered track because that's been Zach's thing this year. Um, so I'm hoping to maybe get out there on that Wednesday, June second, and be able to to go watch a little bit of some track because I know for me I I do enjoy the sport, but it, it's been kind of Zach's wheelhouse over the last couple of months, and he's been doing a great job covering it. So. But I guess Zach, anything else to report on? Any any interesting angles or individuals or teams to kind of look out for as we get closer and closer to that June second and June third type of uh, section time? Not too much. I would just say just kind of looking week to week how many names are on the list and kind of different times. Um, Ricori girls and Sartell boys seem to be the deepest teams. Um, have the most kind of different athletes on their top one of the top three positions. So um, while I haven't got to see them both in the last week or two. Um, those are two teams I'm, I think should um, kind of be on people's radar for kind of the team standings um, when we do get to kind of, um, you know, those section meets, those conference meets, because um, they've shown a lot across a lot of different events too. But um, other than that, no, I just continue to keep an eye on it. And we're, we're, it's coming up really fast when these races are going to continue to mean even more. So I'm excited for that. But I think that'll about wrap up the first part of the show. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to hit all of the other high school sports. So stay tuned for that. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, the first section tournament that's coming up already is boys team tennis next week with individuals coming um, in the following weeks. But uh, I think we're going to find out brackets. It sounds like later this week, hopefully by, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, we'll start to hear where these teams are going to stack up. Um, Tech, Sartell, and Apollo Sock Rapids are in uh, Class 2A and then Cathedral's in Class A. So it's going to be switched up, you know, separated a little there, but those in Section 8, 2A. Section 6A would be the ones we're going to mainly keep our eye on, right, Brian? Yep, absolutely. And 
with with those four teams, the big team that kind of stands out is Tech. They've had a really good season so far, being eleven and nine overall. They they've had some really nice wins. They've beaten Alexandria six one, which Alexandria I think hasn't lost except against Tech. So um, definitely a, a good matchup for them and a good win for for the Tigers. They have quite a bit of some depth, and like we we're talking about with individual. On top of the team aspect, you're going to have the individual tournaments starting up. I think for Section 6 or 8 AA, it starts up Friday and Saturday of um, Memorial Weekend. So that'll be kind of a, a, a unique aspect because we didn't have that back in the fall with within individual tennis because of the COVID pandemic. So this will be kind of fun to see what, what happens and, and unique in that sense. But um, some singles players to kind of watch out for, for, for tech is going to be Michael Plumbon. Um, he's eight and seven at number one, um, singles. And then Gavin Fenstead, he's eight and seven at number one and number two singles. And then Emilio Estevez is 13 and six at number one and number three. And then Jonah Adkinson is nine and three at number four singles. So, um, those, those guys are kind of the, the leading guys for, for singles play doubles um you have andrew plumbon who's 10 and 5 at number one ripley gardens 11 and 6 at number one and two um ben einick is going to be he's 13 and 4 at number two and number three ben nelson um is nine and three at number one and number two so those individuals and then they also have a lot more depth as well so they can kind of throw in whoever thinks that it's best to make a doubles pairing they can i mean they have you know Tamawa, um, Ajayi, and then Max Rudd, and as well as Josh Vogel. So they have quite a bit of some depth that they can throw in there if, if the time comes and they need to. Um, but yeah, those tech is kind of the team to look for in, in the four local teams, um, just based on how well they've been doing this season so far. And looking at those records, it's almost hard to believe that you know, Tech does have that many losses on the season because, you know, those individuals, almost every single person has a winning record, couple wins above 500. But like we've talked about here before, they lost so many matches four to three this year um, that you can have that individual success in a, you know, in a match and still drop that overall score. So, um, you know, it's going to come down to fine margins like it did in all those. We'll see, I guess we'll see when it gets into section play, if those fine margins can kind of go Tech's way like it has in most of the year. Yeah, and then just kind of rounding out the the, the teams, Cathedral's two and eight so far this season. They have two more matches to play in the regular season. Um, Sartell is four and twelve. They are done for the regular season, and then Apollo Sock Rapids they're one and thirteen, um, with the win coming from against Wilmer four to three just yesterday to finish out the regular season. So um, those individual or those teams are you know probably going to be more in the bottom tier for seeds and probably going to have to either do a play-in game or they're going to have to be heading out on the road to play some of those top teams. But um, they do have quite a bit of some individuals. Chandler Hendricks from Cathedral, he's 7-1 and one in singles play. Um, Grant Martin, he's 4-4 four and four in singles and 4-1 and one in doubles. And then Jonah Prom, he is 5-2 and two in doubles. So those individuals might be having a little bit of some success there. And then Zach Farley from Sartell, He's four and four at in singles play, um, as well as Tyler Briggleman, who is their number one. He's been their number one singles player basically all season. He's four and eleven. Um, and then with Apollo Sock Rapids, the two guys to kind of look out for 
is um, Zach Stang and Tyrion um, Atterbury, who both of them are five and three in doubles play this season. So a lot of, a lot of stuff there and it'll be, it'll be a unique week um, just to see what happens and interesting to see how everything unfolds. But I think Monday starts off both six A and eight double A for boys tennis for team. They play Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I believe. And then they start up the individuals on Friday and Saturday for eight double A. And then I think six to A is on starting on Tuesday after the Memorial weekend. So um, quite a bit of some tennis action coming up here and we'll let you know, I'll probably be putting out a a nice little brief on Friday after we find out where everybody kind of lands. Definitely. Yeah. So we'll keep you kind of tuned in on where all those uh, land, if they're playing anywhere around here, I'm sure that's where we're going to kind of be the the beginning of next week. See um, how some of those team, you know, how the team tournament goes. And then obviously once the individuals get, underway too we're gonna to have our eyes on that um besides that too the other thing that um i was out at this week on monday was golf it was the first time i got to shoot golf this year uh for photos um it was at wapakata cathedral and albany were both playing in a quad meet uh with foley and zimmerman as well um beautiful day for golf too i was texting you i'm like man you know i picked a really bad day to send me out here um <laughs> of all the days it was like 80 degrees sunny a little bit of wind not too much wind um, and just a really pleasant day to be on the course. Uh, Cathedral beat Albany by seven strokes in that one to take first place. Uh, Colin Hess was the medalist with a 76, and Leo Worche uh, was next with an 81. Um, and I also got to talk to um, both their coaches, the head coaches for Cathedral, um, Josh Willing and Alex Koopmeners. And, you know, it was, it was just cool to talk to them, see how the season's been going. You know, both of them are – last year was supposed to be their first year. Um, which obviously did not happen. So they got sent back kind of a year, um, but they, they've still been having a lot of success. They've had quite a few firsts at some of these, you know, four team meets. Um, and the big thing for them, you know, looking at trying to get back to, to team as a state, they've gone nine times, I believe in the last like 15 years. So, you know, they're kind of a regular state contender. What helps is it's going to be played um, at Blackberry Ridge, which, you know, there's, there's a ton of guys on the team, you know, that are members there. That's their home course. Um, it's right in town. They can play it more often than others. They kind of have a pretty good idea about it. Um, and that could be big for them qualifying for state as a team. Um, they had one pre-section meet earlier in the year. They lost by a couple strokes. But they were missing some of their main guys um, due to COVID protocols. So um, they believe they're kind of poised to be able to get back to state there. Um, you know, they went in 2019 back then. It was still Pete Lohr, who was um, the coach there who, you know, longtime coach and went those nine times in 15 years, he was the coach for all of it. So um, kind of starting over with new guys, a lot of younger guys this year, um, it seems to be going well. And, you know, Leo, he didn't have the lowest score today. Colin had a, or on Monday, Colin had the, the lowest score of his season, but uh, Leo, he's been right about 79, 80, 81 um, all year, really consistent. He could be someone um, you could see, you know, as one of the top individuals as well. Yeah. No, I'm, Along with along with Cathedral and Albany, the Central Lakes had their conference championship this past couple of days with boys. And no shock here, but Logan Hammock is doing really well. Um, got his second individual conference championship um, of his career. Sartell was able to finish with a total of a 307 on Monday and then a 323 on Tuesday. 
both of them were played at different golf courses, which I thought was kind of unique or different um, just because I thought you'd play at the same one, but I guess not. Um, so they, they played at territory golf club in St. Cloud on Monday. Then they played at Bobby's legacy championship golf course in Brainerd on Tuesday. Logan finished with a 73 on Tuesday and a shoot uh, a 71 on Monday. And then Lance Hammock was able to finish with a 74 on Monday, as well as an 83 on Tuesday. Um, some other key highlights from that, that those, that those couple of days were um, Ricori. They had Tucker Hokinson. He finished with a 78 on Tuesday and a 71 on Monday. Drew Schneider finished with an 81 on Monday and a 76 on Tuesday. And then August Falloon for Tech Apollo. He finished with an 81 on Tuesday and a 76 on Monday. So some really good outings for those individuals. Those are kind of the guys that we've been talking about all season. Um, they've just had really good outings. They've shot under 80 pretty much consistently this season. I'll be probably writing up a short little breakdown. I've been doing that for all the different teams throughout the week. I'll probably do another one for golf as we head into section time and such. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely have, um, you know, some really good outings for those individuals as well as the team. I mean, Sartell was able to surpass Brainerd on Monday and be able to get into second place on Monday behind Alexandria by five strokes. So kind of shows you that, you know, the best, the best is saved for last, I guess, because that was, that was one of their best outings so far this season was on Monday when they shot 307. Yeah, and on the girls' side, the big thing um, was Albany winning the Granite Ridge Conference Championship yesterday um, at Blackberry Ridge here um, in Sartell. Uh, Albany they won by let's count it forty-four strokes, um, so they kind of they kind of ran away with it. Um, at the top, their their two um, lowest scored golfers, Brooke Lemke had a one seventy-nine over the two rounds with an eighty-four in round two, which was impressive. And then Abby Phelan was one stroke higher, one eighty. Uh, with an 87 and a 93 between the two rounds. So um, those two have also been kind of the, the cream of the crop throughout the year with their rounds um, and led to a, led to a conference championship. So uh, congrats to Albany on that one. Yeah. And along with that, I know the girls for Central Lakes, they were able to compete on Monday for the conference championship. Sartell finished with a 370 with Marley Mashad leading the pack for the Sabres. And then um, Adeline Loesch was able to finish with a 99 for Ricori. So um, some good, some good outings for those. And then they will be playing, I believe, two weeks from now in June 1st or 2nd. They'll be playing for section play um, with states happening the week after that. Definitely. Yeah. Is there anything else? Um, are we going to take a last break here? Yeah, I think we'll probably take one more break and then we'll finish it off with uh, softball, lacrosse, adapted softball, and a little bit of some college. So um, stay tuned and we'll be right back here in a couple moments.
Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're just going to stay for a couple more minutes, hit a couple more scores and notes um, before we send you on your way today. Um, on softball, a team that's been putting up a lot of runs the last couple games is Cathedral. Um, 23 to nothing win um, last Thursday over Malacca. Um, and then all of a sudden yesterday, too, um, a 21 to 13 win. They, they also played uh, Albany on Monday, lost 11 to 5. So um, they've kind of risen up near the top, um, you know, of that section six double A Albany's third right now and cathedral's fifth. So, um, kind of like on the boys side, uh, both softball teams showing a lot of promise so far this year. Yeah. And then with Albany, you had a nice win against cathedral, like you were talking about 11 to five. And then just last night, Albany was able to win over Foley eight to nine or nine to eight. There we go. Um, in 10 innings with a walk-off single from Ashley Weber. Um, to score Paige Meyer and Paige Meyer was five for six with four runs, three RBIs, one home run, two stolen bases, you know, pretty average week for her. Um, it's amazing how you think like basketball is her thing. And then she goes into softball and she just, just keeps dominating. So um, no, she did a nice job. Haley Hoffarth through 10 innings, just 10 innings yesterday, um, gave up six runs and then struck out seven. So a really nice outing for them, but the other team that's been kind of on a little bit of a winning streak right now is Sock Rapids. They got a nice win against Little Falls, ten to eight, yesterday, um, and that with Denise Schultz and Libby Mays being able to get a couple RBIs, both of them getting a couple hits as well. And then on Monday they were able to get a six to two win over Fergus Falls. Anna Shav hit a walk off grand slam to win the thing. She also pitched a complete game, giving up five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and three Ks. So. Um, nice outing for nice outing for Anna and a nice little winning streak for Sock Rapids. I know they're playing, they're going to be playing, I think Sartell this week. Um, and that'll be, or maybe it's next week. Actually. It's, uh, yeah. It's next week. Sorry. We're, we're looking way too ahead. Um, but yeah, no. So some good outings for them. For Corey was also able to get a couple wins against tech yesterday. Um, nine to one and 14 to three. So um, they're still on their roll. The Spartans are still kind of rolling on that end. But, uh, yeah, overall, some nice wins for some local teams as we get closer to that, um, the end of that regular season. Yeah, Soccer Rapids, they lost uh, eight in a row, it looks like, before winning two of three there. Um, and, yeah, they're going to play Tech tonight, which I believe Dave's going to be out there getting some pictures of them because uh, we haven't got a chance to, to get out and photograph them play yet this year. Um, and then, yeah, next Thursday, it looks like they're going to play Sartell, wrap up the regular season. Um, haven't got to play, you know, they're kind of St. Cloud suburb rivals as it usually goes. Um, still haven't played yet this entire season, been waiting until uh, next week. So we'll kind of see if if they bring some of that same hot streak to Sartell, who um, they haven't played much lately. Um, they're just coming off. They lost their first game to Brainerd on May 11th, um, currently sitting 15-1 and one still with uh, – a series against Alexandria this Friday and then next Thursday against Sock Rapids to wrap up. So um, another team that we've talked about a bit, so we didn't, we're not going to go into detail much today, but just another state threat, just kind of like their baseball team. Absolutely. And I think also part of been on a little bit of a hot streak has been St. Cloud boys lacrosse. Um, they've been having some really good performances by Joe Torberg, who I think last night had, five goals and five assists against Oatana in a very, very close 17 to 13 loss. Oatana is probably one of the top or t- top teams in the state right now. 
Um, I think they're fit. They they're 10 and two right now. So definitely a good outing or a good matchup for St. Cloud just to see kind of where they stand regarding the state aspect. Um, Joe Torberg was able to get five goals, five assists, Connor Harns and Kyle Longstrom both had two goals and an assist. So um, that was nice to see. And then uh, St. Cloud was able to get the 14 to three win over big Lake on Monday um, Joe Tober was able to get three goals and five assists as Connor Harns, um, Harns was able to get four goals as well. Ryan um, Glazeman was able to get three goals. So still kind of the same guys as usual, getting those goals and such with uh, Joe, Connor, Kyle, and Ryan. But um, yeah, just kind of nice to see. I'm going to be going out there Thursday night, hopefully fingers crossed that there's no rain um, and be able to watch the, those guys play. Um, and hopefully maybe get a future story going on on St. Cloud boys lacrosse here later on. Yeah, and then on the girls' side, St. Cloud also having a bit of success, a 19-3 to win over Ricori last Friday uh, with four different players getting hat tricks in that one, Jenna Amundsen with four goals, and then Josie Noel, Grace Miller, and Ella Murphy with three each. Um, they also won on Monday 19-2 to over Big Lake. So um, they're kind of been taking care of business against the teams that have been ranked lower than them. Um, they've had a little bit tougher times with some of the, the upper teams in their section, but um, getting those wins should kind of slot them in a decent spot to try to make some noise as the postseason starts. And then lastly, just going to touch on adapted softball for high school sports. St. Cloud was able to beat North Suburban 12 to 11 last night, a really big game because they were both the top two uh, teams in their division. Um, Isaiah Jancic with two of three at the plate for RBIs. Um, Austin Bramer, Jacob Blum also getting two runs each. Um, and Adam Marshall also going two for three with a run. So um, huge for them. We're still going to kind of see. I'll have to check with their coach, Mike Bach, and kind of what the postseason might look like. Last time I talked to him, they were still trying to decide if um, there was going to be kind of a four-team, you know, um, unofficial state tournament or what that was going to look like with the top teams. Um, at this point, St. Cloud, I believe, would be probably the top-seeded team in the state. Um, so we'll see if this was their last game of the year, and they're going to go out, I believe, six and one was their record. Um, or if they will get a chance to kind of be those unofficial um, state champs or put together some type of tournament. So stay tuned to uh, kind of hear how that plays out. We'll still see in the next week um, if we're going to see more games from the sluggers as they continue to have a really awesome season. And, um, you know, on the softball and baseball front too, there's a lot of college stuff going on. Um, on Monday, I put out kind of a story of all the weekend results. Um, on baseball, we still have St. Cloud State, St. John's, and St. Cloud Technical College all playing in either conference championships or regional championships. And yeah, a lot of those local teams are going to be playing. Um, you know, a couple are going to be at home. St. John's, the whole conference tournament for the MIAC is going to be at home. They're going to be facing, uh, I believe, Bethel in the first round they have to win. Um, Tech College is going to be playing the, the end of the regional championships at the MAC. Um, so, you know, if you're a baseball fan, especially, there's going to be a lot of a lot of local action going on. Um, St. Ben's and St. Cloud State softball are already done. Um, they fell out of their conference tournaments last week. And then just yesterday it was announced that the Tech College for softball, um, they're going to be playing their regional championship down at Anoka Ramsey kind of this week, looking to make another uh, national tournament for them. So um, a lot going on. You can go on sctimes.com. I kind of have recaps of, of the weekend um, and what the schedule is going to look like for all those teams. So make sure to check that out. Yeah, like you said, a lot of content coming. Um, we'll have plenty of stuff with the end of the regular season coming up for high school, like he said, with college and um, the college different tournaments there for baseball and softball. Got plenty of section tournaments coming up here soon. So 
plenty of stuff for you guys to look at. We have quite a bit of some feature stories. I've been doing some breakdowns on all the different sports around the area. And I think we probably are going to be publishing close to, you know, no big deal, like 15, 20 stories this week. Not a big deal. And that's without section play. So um, be fun to see how that goes when section play actually happens. So, um, but yeah, no, for sure. Definitely follow us on, on social media, check us out at sctimes.com. Get us, get a subscription for the summertime. Um, Some really nice deals coming out here for the summertime. We usually have a Memorial day weekend um, subscription sale. So make sure to keep your eye on that. That'll be coming here probably here soon. And um, yeah, I think that'll kind of wrap up this podcast. Don't you think? Yeah, that should be good. Like Brian said, just continue to keep an eye on everything um, and get ready for sections in a crazy three weeks of June. Um, Everything's going to be happening at one time, not really much break. So um, just keep it here because we're going to have all of it. So make sure to get ready for that. Enjoy these last couple of weeks before it gets crazy. Um, And thanks as always for tuning in to the SC Time Sports Report podcast. And we'll see you again next time.